Hey everybody, welcome back to Highest Aspirations, an education podcast that focuses on topics related to English language learners and how we can make a greater impact. Highest Aspirations is brought to you by Elevation Education, your partner for ELL program management and instruction. My name is Steve Sophronis, and I am proud to be the host of Highest Aspirations. This episode is part of our special Look for the Helper series. Fred Rogers of Mr. Rogers Neighborhood offered some relevant advice for navigating difficult times like these. He said, when I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. The ELL community is full of helpers, and we are proud to amplify their voices as we face the reality of long-term school closures as a result of the COVID-19 outbreak. We are committed to keeping you informed and inspired with resources to help you support your English learners. We are stronger together. So if you'd like to share your ideas, inspiration, or simply share your voice, our doors are always open. Just go to bit.ly slash ellhelper to learn more. That's bit.ly slash capital E, capital L, capital L, capital H, E-L-P-E-R. You'll find that link in our show notes as well. Elizabeth Leone, thank you so much for joining us on our Look for the Helper series of Highest Aspirations, your second appearance with us. Yes, and I'm excited to talk to you again. Yeah, the first time we talked about project-based learning, which was amazing and maybe has uh, some sort of connection to this conversation, but here, really just want to get an idea of what it is that you're doing uh, in Manchester for your students. So just remind us, um, for people who didn't listen to that first episode with you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, what's your role and, and, and what are you doing now? Okay, so my current role is I teach a fourth and fifth grade sheltered instruction classroom for newcomers. So uh, my pr my primary population though is refugees, students, and SLIFE. So students with interrupted or or some with no formal education. And so uh, this has been this has been quite a season for them to be dropped into this like autonomous learning situation. Yeah, I mean, I would say we've had a few conversations with people about this off air, and you're dealing with a population that might be the most vulnerable right now in terms of what we're dealing with. Um, so t tell us about some of the challenges that you're seeing emerge as a result of these long-term school closures. Yeah, so absolutely my top concern for my families is food and basic supplies. Um, food food being number one, right? So if we can't meet the, the needs on the bottom of our like Maslow's um, hierarchy of needs, then our students aren't even going to be concerned with trying to figure out how to do a lesson we, we ask them to do or a worksheet or a computer assignment. Um, so definitely food. Um, and I come from a district where we're, as all districts are still trying to figure it out with the food. So the buses keep changing. And so where they got food yesterday, they can't get food today or it's at a different time. And so um, a lot of working with the families to understand where they can get food and when and also working with some local businesses who have been supplying uh, meal packages. Chipotle has been donating bags and bags of rice at the, at the end of their days. Uh, we have a a high-end uh, wedding banquet facility that does take out and they've been donating meal packet packages. So doing a lot of pickups of those and drop-offs and making sure our food families are fed is, is my primary concern. Um, secondary concern, getting them on some technology so that we can be 
at least uh, a bit more connected at their ability level. Right, right. And so, yeah, I mean, this is this is a common theme in districts like yours and people that we've spoken with, and I'm glad it is, right? We have to make sure that the families, and, and the, I love it that the first thing you say and most people say is not students, it's families or students. In yes. Their and it really yes. shines a spotlight on on what schools are providing, what services they're providing, which a lot of people don't know about. So yes. we'll kind well, of talk about- I- uh, sorry to interrupt. I had a family. Uh, they had, she went in to have her baby. We have lots of new babies, but one just born just came home Monday of this week. And um, so we, we brought her some diapers and some wipes and wipes are, you know, little things that you, we still learn. Even though I've done this, worked with um, newcomer families for eight years now. Um, I forget something as simple as wipes and um, paper towels are hot commodities. And so we brought some to this mom and the neighbor moms are like, oh, like very kindly, very, very gently. But like we need, you know, when we ask, they say, oh, we need diapers too, you know. So it's um, a lot of friends and and family members have also stepped up and um, asked how they can help. And so we've been supplying, you know, not only diapers, but I had a sweet, sweet young boy, um, who's, uh, a, f- a friend of a mine's child and he donated a huge tub of Legos. And so I've been, we separated them out into some bags and my kids helped me and we were able to deliver those. And for my students who the technology portion is hard for them, I was able to give them some assignments to, to build with the Legos. Let's build right. this word. Let's build this letter. So I think my direct community has really stepped up and I just feel like the facilitator, like bringing it in and sending it out for a lot of these just really basic things that make not only cut boredom, but meet the needs of, of the families. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, you, you've been, Clearly, and you said this in your response, and you're describing it now. You've been on the front line supporting families, as you said, in the in the most basic ways, and making the most of um, of what you have. It's it's nice to hear that the community is coming together, and there are restaurants donating things, and families coming together. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing when it works like that. Yeah, yeah. Although there's lots of challenges. Um, Absolutely. And so your your sort of way of addressing these challenges, a lot of it is through direct family engagement. I know from like looking at your Instagram page, which is awesome, by the way. Um, Thank you. That you're, yeah, that you're going to, to, to see families. I mean, how are you, um, how are you doing that given all of the kind of worries about visiting people and getting out? What, what precautions are you taking there? I mean, I'm taking lots of, lots of precautions, lots of hand washing, lots of sanitizer, bringing soap and sanitizer materials to the families. Um, being as safe as possible, but being as safe as possible. And I know it's a little bit of a contradictory thing, but I, I feel like it's just as dangerous to catch it at the grocery store. And I, you know, I'd, I'd rather them see my face and, and I couldn't sit home and no, just let them go without, you know? So and to be clear, I mean, I'm, in no way am I trying to, to sort of dissuade you. I think oh no, it's- <laughs> you have to sort of weigh what's important. And these families clearly, you know, um, need help. And, and you're doing a lot of things to kind of, to, to handle those challenges that you were talking about before. What I'm curious, like, so we, we were talking as we, before we started recording about how 
you know, it's been sort of 12 days now, two weeks, and now it's become reality and where people are getting a little bit um, isolated and maybe a little stir crazy and, and, and just wondering when this is all going to end. Given that it looks like we're in this for kind of the long term, what are you doing um, either yourself or your district or your community um, to prepare at this point? I mean, how are you going about like the next couple months or the end of the school year? Um, as we think that, you know, it's quite possible that the end of the school, we may not go back to school. That's certainly happening in a lot of districts. I know New Hampshire hasn't happened yet, but I guess my, the, the, the root of my question is what are you preparing for now? So as, as you, you just highlighted, nobody really knows. And I do see, um, a little bit of weariness amongst my, my direct team. It's, it's like, it's sinking in, you know? Uh, so I know I can speak for myself and parts of my my team only because our students are so different from the rest of even even English language learners. So our newcomers are maybe higher level, higher reader levels. They can get on the computers. I see some of my siblings of my students getting on computers and um, getting on Google Classroom. And I have a couple who can do that, but it's finding ways to um, bring academics to them, to their hands, what they can do, where they're at, and obviously stretching them a little bit. Every time I go, I'm, I'm reteaching them and their families about how to use the computer. And for me, that's a key part of this, that technology integration. And yeah. we do it in class. And with project-based learning, it's a huge docket to that I like to hit on for my students is how to use Google Documents, how to type. A simple task of typing an at symbol is is a challenge, is something we have to like explicitly practice. And they and they love it. You know, having a computer in front of them, they want to know how to use it. And our family is just one mom. That's what we taught her yesterday, how to make the at symbol. She's like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my. Like, just the happiness of just understanding technology. Right. And that is a part of our success skills and our academic readiness for these students. So that component alone is a piece of their education that we do in the classroom. That's a huge part of our curriculum to get them ready. My students are going to middle school next year. So I, I feel that what, what we are bringing them is A, to their level, but stretching them to learn about the technology, to learn that all their academics can be done in their house, like measuring with a toothbrush or finding um, letters or words in their own environment. And most of them have siblings, so they can uh, do it together. And what I actually see is the parents get in on it too. So mm -hmm. it's like, we're giving the whole family an academic experience and that's encouraging for me. Yeah, that's great. And I feel like technology now, it's not just something that, you know, too many times technology is used just because, hey, we have this technology in school, we should use it. Or yeah. you know, somebody wants me to use it. But now it, it's become, it's a key and essential tool to communicate. Exactly. So like the little things that you're doing, like the at symbol, I mean, that's crucial for yeah. <laughs> not only for completing an assignment, but for staying connected to the people that, 
that these students really need to stay connected to. Because I know for, you know, I, I don't mean to put words in your mouth. I'm sure you'll agree. I mean, you're the anchor for many of these students. I, I know that for sure. And that you're such yes. an important part of their lives, just as any other teacher in your position is. Exactly. Yeah. Communication is, is just, um, is so, so crucial. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, I, I like to try to keep uh, positive in, in situations like this. And I do see a lot of like great things happening that maybe weren't happening before. So anyway, my last question for you now is um, given kind of everything that you've experienced and everything that maybe we're going to be experiencing over the next few weeks or months, what, what, what do you hope sticks with us that we have learned and that we will continue to do or to use six, 12 months from now when this is all behind us, hopefully? Um. So this could be something controversial, but um, Even I say we keep the computers in the homes. I think our kids need technology in their homes from day one. Um, I feel like they're so isolated. They come to school and they have it. But to be learning it at home, I think is crucial. So these, these forms... I'm sorry, these formats of remote learning through Google Classroom. Um, we use a system called Clever, which is just an online learning portal mm -hmm. uh, for all their, I guess, academic needs. Um, we do bits and pieces of it in the classroom, but homework's always been a hard, a difficult thing for my, my students because they don't have the English support at home usually. And, and, there's, and there's that equity issue. I mean, that's yes. there. Yeah, so if we can get computers in their homes and get these same lessons that we're doing now, okay, here's how you log on. Here's where you can find this. Here's how you make an at symbol. Here's how you make a capital letter. From day one, having them submit homework assignments or small things in this way, I, I think this is such, this opens up a huge array of opportunities for teachers, all teachers. And for mine especially, it's just a missing piece in because of the lack of education that they have had in their, their past that I just see it so valuable and it puts the world at your fingertips, right? Like when we got the internet and wasn't it 1991? Um, the world is at our fingertips. And like, I, I saw students, I came in, I knocked and both of my students were on computers and he, I, you know what? I forget what he was searching up, um, but he loves horses. It was something about horses. Mm -hmm. And I know that he couldn't read the whole article, but it was like a picture, you know, it, it was some kind of like encyclopedia. I, I didn't get that close of a look, but he was on there learning, whether through visuals or the words he could pick out and understand. We're putting the, their own passions, they can find answers, you know? And so I think as, as I think about equity and keeping education like rigorous, we've talked about that in the past, I, my like for future project is they're going to be doing some kind of a passion project that they are going to direct. And we're going to use the skills that we learned about project-based learning and being independent and tie in some of these technology pieces that A, we learned in the classroom and B, that they're thrown in the water to now. And they can learn about something 
that they're passionate about. But if they didn't have computers, this would not be accessible to them, any of this information. So I'm just excited. I think that the future is bright for that. I personally don't want my computer, keep them in, keep them in the homes, right? Like I would rather, um, I I hope that the district will make some kind of a decision like that. But that is my favorite part of um, what's happening now that they have computer technology, the world at their fingertips. So yeah, it's a good lesson. And I mean, there, I think just the access to technology in general and the whole equity issue is coming into focus here. Um, and like I said earlier, you know, not using technology just because you have it in the classroom and somebody says you have to use it, but as a connection yes. to the world and a way to make things equitable um, for students who in situations like this uh, can be left behind. And we certainly don't want that to happen. Um, yeah, and, and I- we see that engagement is a big part. They're going to get on their computers if they want to learn something, they're going to find the answer, you know? So like giving them the resources to do that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Wow. Well, Elizabeth, that was uh, a great conversation. We could continue for uh, hours, I'm sure. I'm trying to keep these relatively short so folks can listen every day and be inspired. And there's certainly a lot to take from um, what you're talking about here, just being on the front lines and making sure that your students have their basic needs met, some of the most vulnerable students out there. Um, and I, I think I said it last time when we chatted either either um, on the recording or off, but really inspired by the work you're doing um, and uh, really appreciate uh, all the work that you're putting in here and um, would encourage people to uh, to follow it on your Instagram page, which I'll, I'll share if that's okay with you. Um, Thank and, you so much. Uh, absolutely. And, um, and keep up the good work. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for listening to Highest Aspirations. If you liked our show, please be sure to join the ELL community at elevationeducation.com slash ELL community, where you'll find all the episodes of Highest Aspirations and other resources to help educators maximize the impact on their English language learners. Also, let us know how we're doing by writing a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts.